Hi guys, welcome back to the Off the Woodwork podcast. I am Matt Perry and I may have slightly overcooked it last night after Chelsea um, finally got their top four place, thank God. Uh, but I've also just had a Rustler's rib sandwich and it's probably the worst decision I've ever taken in my life. I am joined by Anthony and Stephen, as always. Um, ev- everybody happy with what's been going on last week, football-wise? No. Yeah, there's not much to it. Not much to you, yeah. Steve, this has been one of the worst weeks as a Brentford fan of, of my life. Bossing yeah. against Barnsley and then that playoff, that horrendous red card decision which cost us the game. Oh, I'm, I'm fuming. Yeah, I'll tell you what then. Uh, let's say, um, sh- shall we first of all, should we go through the uh, final round of fixtures and the final scores? Because um, I'm a bit interested in this because I, I know I've got one right, um, but I, I don't know how it looked finally, but... Yeah, obviously, I was completely nowhere near you guys anyway, but I'm still interested to see what it was like. So, Anthony? So, I've done the math once again. Mm. Um, and, Matt? Hello. You got 13 points this week. Is that good? I got 16. Oh. <laughs> and, Stephen, you got seven. Yeah, I know oh. I had a bad week. I had a very bad week. Which, that means I had to be stick to. Uh, Matt, you finished with 51 points overall. Yeah. Stephen finished with 63 and I finished with 69. Nice. <laughs> Philip really helped me out this week. I got both their predictions right. And I was listening to the United, sorry, the, the last week's podcast, and it was the City Watford game where I was going to say 3 0. And Matt, you had that done. So I changed it to 4 0. Yeah. <laughs> so just there had a good go. week. Prediction. Yeah. Nah, fairs. <laughs> yeah, that was all right. Okay. Yeah. So well done, Anthony. Fair play to you. Uh, I bottled it harder than Brentford this week. Oh, and uh, okay, we'll talk about that. Firstly, uh, what we're going to do in this episode, we're going to talk about our end of season awards. We're going to go through different awards and what players, what clubs are going to get them. But first, let's have a roundup of the last week. Um, I'm going to start not by talking about the Premiership, but talking about the Championship. And last Tuesday was what I'd like to refer to as Bottle bottle Tuesday, because every team seemed to be kind of bottling their own chance to get uh, promoted to the Premiership. Um, so obviously Brentford lost to Barnsley and West Brom managed to get top two in the end, but also Fulham kind of bottled it as well. What did you make of that uh, day, Stephen, in general? Well, I mean, to be fair to Barnsley, they outplayed us. They were so much better than us. They basically stopped us from playing because Brentford, I've said this in the past, if you want to stop Brentford, stop them from playing. And that's exactly what Barnsley did. They played a really high press and basically we just couldn't get the ball out of our own half because Barnsley players were always just trying to close us down and we couldn't do that patient passing game that we're known for. Mm. So, yeah, Barnsley played very well. Um, we just didn't look up to it. We were, we were probably nervous and we just got shut down by Barnsley. And fair play, you know, if Wigan do get the points deduction, that means they're staying in the championship. I just think they wanted it more than we did. They were more hungry for it. And uh, yeah. it really showed. I mean, at the moment, Wigan, Charlton, Hull have all been relegated from the championship. And I mean, that can come down to bad ownership, really, can't it? All three of them teams, you could argue a case for that. Yeah, well, the Um, thing with Hull is they sold their best two players in January and didn't replace them. So, yeah, that's why. Mm -hmm. Kamal Grzycki and Jared Bowen were basically keeping them in the league. And without them, yeah, they couldn't really do much at all. And uh, from your perspective, Brentford, your week got even worse, obviously, yesterday after losing to Swansea in the first leg. Um, how do you reckon you're going to do going into the second? I think if we successfully appeal against that 
egregious red card decision. I think we will successfully appeal that. And Rigo Henry's back for the next uh, round or the next leg of, I think it's on Wednesday. I'm not sure. Yeah, Wednesday or Thursday, I think. If we get Rigo Henry back, I think we can come back. But I'm just Mm -hmm. worried that, obviously, with you know, the loss to Barnsley and the loss to Stoke the week before that. I'm just worried if we've just mentally checked out. I think mm. there could be a... And obviously Swansea um, but only just got into the playoffs because they, you know, there was crazy circumstances of how they got into the playoffs in the first place. They might be more with, motivated, more like on a, kick, uh, yeah. on a good kick, They kicked out Forest, didn't they? Yeah, because they had to score... They had to win by four goals and they did. <laughs> yeah, they did. Yeah, that's so, good. Yeah, yeah, so they got that. They got that kind of yeah, Lisa life momentum, and we have just got terrible momentum. We have got two really disappointing losses against teams that are in like the bottom quarter of the table. Yeah, so we are in really bad sort of mentality yeah. right now. Anthony, what do you reckon? Do you still fancy Brentford to get anything, or do you think Swans may? Is it something that's more experienced with Swansea? Maybe, maybe like see Swansea. I feel. Swansea have a couple of impressive players. Mm. Other than that, um, you know, and Swansea have got more experience at that top level as opposed to Brentford, especially recently. But I don't know. I like I said, I didn't catch the game last night, but I was watching the highlights and the way it looked. It looked like Swansea did have a bit more chances, mm. some more chances. So I don't know. I think Brentford will have to go out, like go back and go home. Yeah. Uh, when, uh, in the second leg because they can't afford to not give it their all. Moving on then to the Premiership, it's been another interesting week, obviously the final week. Uh, we now know who's going to be relegated and who's going to be in the top four. Let's start with the team who's probably had the best week in general um, and that's Aston Villa, obviously beating Arsenal and then staying up yesterday. Stephen's favourite team, what did you make it? To, what did you think, Stephen? You finally given them the... Uh, the, I'm uh, very disappointed. I, I mean, Bournemouth have won. They did all they could yesterday. Yeah, it's just no, that did. West Ham, couldn't, they just couldn't finish Villa off. If West Ham won that game, Villa would have been down. So, yeah. now I'm not very happy at West Ham. Sorry, but yeah. you're shit. And uh, should have beat Villa and sent them down. <laughs> yeah. Villa, when it mattered, did get the results. Like, they beat yeah. Arsenal. Yeah, like, that's the thing. They beat Arsenal. I predicted they weren't, but it was still yeah. surprising myself. Um, the most Arsenal thing ever to go and start kind of getting some good results and then, yeah, go and lose to Villa. Yeah. yeah I mean, fair play to them. For I've shit talked them, um, fair play to them for staying up. But if they lose, basically, Jack Grealish has carried them to this position. And if they lose him next season, they're finishing bottom. I'm already mm. calling it. Yeah. Maybe, yeah. Depends if they get anybody in, I suppose. But yeah, no, I still don't fancy it. money for Grealish now they're still in the Premier League. Yeah, no, they could. Yeah. Do, do, who's going to be after Grealish then? United? Tottenham. I think pretty much anyone in the top half of the table will want to take him. I, I don't yeah. see any of the top teams going for him. Like, I don't think Chelsea would go after Grealish right now. No, nah, they wouldn't at the moment. Either. Maybe it's not like Everton. They need to... Like, with yeah. Gilby Ligerson's just not doing it anymore. Leicester, they've got Madison, so they don't need him. Wolves, maybe? I They're don't know. Really no, I, I, I reckon United and Spurs probably good shouts. I don't know. Spurs, to me, is more realistic than United. Yeah. United have just brought, uh, brought in for Bruno Fernandes in January. Yeah. And you, you think, where, where, where does Grealish fit into that United team at the moment? Um, so, yeah, interesting. Um, let's also go back then. Chelsea versus Liverpool. Well, Liverpool versus Chelsea, anyway. That was an interesting game, wasn't it, Ant? 
wasn't a dull game. No, it definitely wasn't a dull game. What did you make of it? <laughs> I think you could see Liverpool kind of switched off like by that point, which they had. You know, to get three goals at Anfield is pretty impressive. It's not been done in a while. In the first half, I'd say Liverpool were the better team, and I think that's what edged it. Yeah. And, like, some of the goals were great. Like, Keita's first goal. Mm. Um, yeah, it was a lovely strike, wasn't it? Yeah. And what was, there was a couple of others that were really nice as well. Mm. Um, but, yeah, I think it just shows Chelsea need to sort the defensive issues out. And Yeah. Um, you've got some attacking reinforcement coming in, but, you know... Doesn't matter if you can score 100 goals and you can seek like 80. I mean, like, that's an exaggeration, but you get my point. No, I, I totally get what you mean. It's the, that's the fact is, um, it's, it's like Liverpool before they got Van Dijk in a way. Um, yeah. We really need a, a, a new kind of defence. We need a new left back. We really need a new centre back. But most importantly, the biggest thing I took out of the game is that Kepper uh, Riza Balaga just really is. I, I feel sorry for him, but he's just not good enough. He's 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 not at that level, and uh, the fact that he paid seventy million for him it just makes it seem mental, don't yeah, it? He's a panic buy, and that's that's probably why the price was so high. Like you guys sold Courtois, then didn't have anyone. Yeah, that's true. Um, but, you know, could he do a De Gea and have a terrible first couple of seasons and turn it around? You know, nah, I I generally don't think he's good enough. I I, I watch him and I just. He doesn't like. He he just shows no leadership. He just kind of he's he's passing. I mean, I know nowadays the modern football team it's all playing from the back. You get your goalkeeper to pass it to your back four, but he just puts so much pressure on the Chelsea defence sometimes with his passing. Um, and it's just... Allison and Edison, who in my opinion are still the two best keepers in the league. Yeah, and, and like they they're comfortable with their feet. They're good at those long passes as well. Yeah, as well as just. Like the whole thing, I think Allison's the better keeper than Edison, in my opinion. Mm. But both are very are the kind of keepers Chelsea would probably want. Yeah, I, I, I think um, obviously yesterday Willie Caballero starting instead of Kepa was a big statement. Uh, Caballero will definitely start the FA Cup final. Um, so I, I think Lampard's I think Lampard's definitely going to be trying to get rid of Kepa in the summer. Um, and who he brings in, I don't really know. Let's talk about Oblak, which would obviously be unreal, but I'm just thinking money-wise, how are we? You'd, you'd be selling Kepa for a loss, and then you'd be probably talking out double the fee. For yeah. yeah. Yeah, it's, it's mad. So, and I'm just thinking, obviously, financial fair play isn't exactly oh, what it was, but um, I, I don't know how we'd afford him. Unless um, you include Kepa in a deal to sign a goalie. So the maybe, way. yeah, maybe. But then uh, who's going to want Kepa at the moment? With the uh, with with how much his wages are, he's on about 150 a week, isn't he? So interesting. Trade Navas for him. You know they've got oh, a yeah. older keeper who's still solid. They then get a young keeper in, and let's be real, the uh, French league isn't nearly as competitive. So Kepa could, is more than good enough keeper there. Yeah, no. I, I personally, I, I yeah, I, Navas would be good. Um, the ideal one for me would be All Black. I think All Black's class. Um, realistically, I would. Take Nick Pope any day of the week. I'd take Dean Henson any day of the week, but I can't see United getting rid of Henderson. Um, so, yeah, but as long as we get a new goalkeeper for me, that's a big... Someone who can talk, someone who comes off their line and dominates the box. That's, that's what we need in goal. Um, so, yeah, that's, that's one thing we need, definitely. And obviously, yeah, then we can... We, well, it look, we, we've got our attacking sorted. We've got ZH coming, we've got Verda coming. 
coming in. Um, it looks like we're going to have Havertz coming in. I'll be very yeah. surprised if that doesn't come through. So yeah, we just need we need to sort out the left back. We need to sort out the centre back, and a new goalkeeper would be absolutely lovely. And then we could be challenging next season. Yeah. Speaking of another team challenging next season with mm. Man United, did you see the uh, the bet someone placed at the start of the season? Oh yes, I saw it. <laughs> what a bet! Did you see it, Stephen? No, I didn't. <laughs> someone, so someone placed a bet for Jesse Lingard not to get a single goal or assist during the whole Premier League season, and Lingard <laughs> scored the final goal of the season. <laughs> oh, and his got, first goal or assist of the season. Ninety pounds or something from a ten pound bet. Uh, yeah. Bet. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Oh. To be fair, their mods, you think they'd be higher. <laughs> That's like quite a good bet. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but yeah, still, um, again, yeah, moving on in that case, United versus Leicester yesterday. United obviously secured third place in the Premier League by beating Leicester. Um, I, th- I, thought, I thought it was quite hard done, but I thought Leicester played all right in the game. I mean, I, I went into it and obviously I saw the Leicester team and I saw they had Wes Morgan at the back, Johnny Evans and um, the other... I forgot his name. Was it Justin or James Justin? Yeah, James Justin. Uh, you just think that back three against Rashford, Martial, Greenwood would get absolutely demolished. But I thought they held their own for most of the game. What did you guys make of it, Stephen? Yeah, I don't think they played awfully, but you know, Man United being the penalty merchants, they got a penalty, and that's it really. Obviously, that late goal was just it was, didn't really matter at the end anyway. They had already lost, but. Yeah, I just think it was a case of Man United were just, you know, they got the penalty, they got the goal, and that's it, yeah. really. That's football. That happens. It was a stupid red card Johnny Evans gave away as well, wasn't it? Oh, yeah, it was a horrible tackle. Yeah, that just put the uh, final nail in the coffin, really, didn't it? What did you make of it, Ant? Um, I wasn't that surprised at all by the result. Leicester had so many opportunities to confirm their place in the top four, and they didn't. Yeah, and you have a team like United who had a really great run of form. They're starting to look good again. Mm-hmm. And they delivered. You know, they got third place, which is incredibly impressive. Because I don't, I think before the restart, I don't think any of us probably would have pegged United to finish third. Maybe top, maybe fourth. But I don't think any of us thought they'd finish third. Yeah, no, I, I didn't have them in top four. Um, I, I think I had them predicted down at sixth. So uh, what do I know? <laughs> uh, yeah, but it just comes to show again Fernandez has made a big impact for that team and so is Pogba being in good form and obviously um, Greenwood, Marshall and Rashford have all been playing pretty well so uh, yeah, I think that's definitely a team going forward that can um, challenge for the title next season if they get some better defence in I reckon maybe another midfielder yeah, yeah like I say, the transfer window apparently is open today and there's rumours United are about oh, to bed for Sancho Oh yes, they, yeah, I saw that. They've apparently had a bid rejected, haven't they, for about ninety-eight million, which is and um, well, it's apparently City have confirmed that they got a deal confirmed with Ferran Torres from Valencia. He'd yeah. be the Leroy Sani replacement. And, yes, um, yeah. But Liverpool, uh, Lalana has moved on to Brighton, and Lovren has joined Senate since Peterburg. Mm. Million deal, so already quite a few transfers happening. Here's an interesting one. Apparently, Bayern are reportedly in contact with Norwich about signing Max Ahrens. Do they need him? Yeah, it's an interesting one. <laughs> well, I think Kimmich is now playing in midfield, and mm. the only right back, other right back they had was Audrey Zola, who was only alone. Mm. So, what about Pavard though? Um, yeah, I, th- I, th- I think they're looking for a Pavard replacement. To be fair, I think I saw that somewhere. 
Um, I, tell I, you, I, I, he'll be their only main right back. Obviously, Kimmich yeah. can play there, but they want to maybe use him in midfield. I mean, if, so. if you're looking at the Bayern team at the moment, what position is their weakest? It's probably their right back. Um, I'd say that whole defence, really. Not that good. Yeah, arguably. I, I still think they're pretty solid. Um, got, Alaba's had a new lease of life at centre back. They've got Hernandez, they've got Alfonso. Yeah. They've got quite a lot to be excited about. I don't see yeah. Schuler is there any really. Quality centre back. I think, but, I think this is this is also the start of Norwich. Um, now they've been relegated, about to lose all their best players, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So uh, Max Harris be gone. Campwell will probably be gone. Wendy is on his way out, uh, probably. So yeah, <laughs> that's that's the game when you get relegated. It's going to happen to Bournemouth now as well, obviously, when you've got players like Wilson and Ake. Um, so yeah, that's just the way it goes, really, isn't it? I can see yeah. Wilson going off to somewhere like Spurs, maybe. Possibly. Maybe. I can see him going to Everton. Yeah, that's a pretty Everton sign. Or Crystal it? Palace or somewhere like that. That'd be a good signing for Palace, I think. <laughs> it's it's all out there striker problems they always have, especially if they're about to get rid of Zaha, which I reckon they will. Yeah. But um, we just... So, yeah, it's going to be an interesting summer, interesting transfer window. Um, I was also looking, obviously now Chelsea have got top four. Um, <laughs> they had all the pundits' predictions for the top four at the start of the season. A lot of teams had like... Um, a lot, a lot of pundits had like Tottenham to finish top four. Not many had Chelsea to get top four. Um, <laughs> apart from, I think, Mark Schwarzer, I think, backed us. And someone else, maybe like Rude Hullet or someone. Um, obviously, all Ch- ex-Chelsea players. But uh, I, I think it just underlines it's been a pretty successful season for Lampard in general when you look at it now. Top yeah. four in the FA Cup final next week. It's better than I thought we'd get, put it that way. At the start of the season, I think it was after we lost to Liverpool at home 2-1. And we played really well that game, but obviously Liverpool won. Yeah, um, we and I, I, I think I said if, if if Lampard gets top four with this team, then that's an amazing achievement. <laughs> and uh, yeah, we've had a lot of luck, but he still managed to do it. <laughs> we'll have to see if we can keep building on this. Yeah, a, a large argument for why for I mean, it's no discredit to him, but like Tottenham collapsed. Like Tottenham had went from you know finishing third and being in yeah. Champions League final to just plummeting down. Mm. Arsenal are a mess so like he did well but the question is if those teams come back stronger can he maintain it yeah well he's he's obviously got a bit of a bit of the money now to help it out so there's no uh, you, you can't have many excuses for next season speaking of Tottenham did you see Mourinho at the final whistle yesterday and they're all celebrating going mad <laughs> after their draw with Palace <laughs> in the end sorry Six, yeah yeah Six. Maybe, they they got Europa football, yeah. Uh, but it, I was I was looking at that with my mate because I was with my mate as a Spurs fan. I was saying, do you think Mourinho was celebrating like that just because he was told to by Amazon? <laughs> so they, have, they have some sort of celebratory content on the new series coming out. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it was pretty ridiculous. Wolves just missed out on Europa football in the end, didn't they? Um, would you say no, that? No, they didn't. They're in seventh, so they still. They have to Unless play qualifiers, though. They're in the qual. Ah, they're in the qualifiers. Unless so, Arsenal win the FA Cup, isn't it? Because then Arsenal take the final. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's well, true. Well, Arsenal aren't going to win the FA Cup, so that's calm. Not with Giroud up front on form. Yeah, I can't wait. It'll be good, good, good cup final next Saturday, I reckon. Okay, ladies and gentlemen, it is now time for the really. Um, amazing award ceremony which um, all these players are going to be absolutely thrilled with when they find out we've given them their awards it is the off the woodwork end of season awards very prestigious 
<laughs> and uh, we're going to kick it off. Uh, we, what we've done, we've got about 10 or so categories for different awards this season, um, all mostly specified around the Premier League, unless Stephen throws, throws a Brentford player in. Uh, I, don't know, I don't know what his uh, choices are yet. No, I've, I've stopped. In the spirit of the podcast, even though I am the championship expert, I've gone Premier League only. Lovely. Okay, so this is all Premier League. Um, so the first award we're going to go for, these aren't all good awards, by the way, um, as we're about to find out, as I talk about our first award, which is for the most underwhelming team of the season. Antonio, let's start with you. I'm going to go with, my nomination for this category is simple, it's Tottenham. <laughs> is it? <laughs> from where they were at the end of last season with, you know, they were third in the league. It was like, you know, it was Liverpool City, then Tottenham. You know, Tottenham beat the City in the Champions League. They went to the final. Things were looking good. And it just didn't go according to plan. You know, Parch was booted out. Kane spent, most of, Kane spent most of the season injured. They've got an old team. Lloris got injured. You know, I mean, like, to me, that like, yes, they've managed to come back and finish in a Europa League spot, but considering what like they could have built on, mm. to me, it's Tottenham. Nice. Um, in light of that, um, I was trying, when I was doing these uh, predictions, I was trying, uh, of these, um, my, my awards, I was trying to think of teams that I don't think you two might go for as well and what players you two might not go for as well. Um, and on that note, my most underwhelming team of the season is actually Tottenham as well. <laughs> I wasn't expecting any of, anyone else to have Tottenham. <laughs> well, I'm just going to say I don't have Tottenham, if you want to. Okay, that's good. All right. So my choice for the most <laughs> underwhelming team there is Everton. I think to, to, with the players they have, they should not be finishing in the bottom half of the table. And with Carlo Ancelotti as manager, I mean, that is an absolute disgrace. They should at least be finishing in Europa League spots, let alone the top half of the table. So I think Everton, you know, they spent a lot of money over the last few years and haven't really got any return on it at all. So if you're an Everton fan, you've got to think, why aren't we you know, challenging with the likes of Wolves and even Sheffield United to think, how crazy is that to say that Everton yeah. are not even on the level of Sheffield United? Yeah, yeah, the thing is, um, most underwhelming team of the year, Everton. Uh, you could have Everton as the most underwhelming team of the decade, to be fair. Um, they've True. always had, they've always um, been short of what they really should be doing, um, especially with the teams they've had over the last 10 years. Yeah. I agree with you. Um, I'm going to stick with Spurs because I just think it's just a fall from grace. You know, they'll, really they'll be my second choice. But yeah. I thought was, it, from the Champions League final to where they are now, you just think, what happened? They had Pochettino, who was at the time one of the best managers in the Premier League, if not the world, and it just all went wrong. And I don't, I don't, I don't get why it went wrong for him. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm with Anthony on that in that case. So we've got majority Tottenham. rule says that our overall podcast underwhelming team of the year has to be Tottenham because it's two to one. Yeah, if you're happy with that. <laughs> yeah, that'll be my second choice anyway. So I'm happy. Lovely. Give so our overall award. Yeah, most underwhelming team of the year, Tottenham Hotspur. And it's not, it's not a biased thing. It's not because I'm a Chelsea fan, I promise. <laughs> uh, let's go on to a more positive award. The most underrated player of the year. Let's start with you, Stephen, for this one. Most underrated. So I've gone for a player I know neither of you have gone for, and I'm going to go for John Egan. I think, yeah, as someone who's watched him, he's played for Brentford in the past when I watched him play. I always thought he was decent, but I never thought he would ever be on the... Premier League level 
But watching him this season, he has been outstanding. And um, him and Jack O'Connell again, two ex-Brentford players. I'm I'm been really impressed with John Egan. I think he's been spectacular. Is he like an amazing centre back? No, but considering you know he's basically been playing in the Championship for like the past few years, and to play at this level in the Premier League in his debut season, I think it's very promising. And I hope he can continue this level of uh, performance because he scored a quite a lot of goals as well. I think he actually scored a brace since returning from lockdown in one game. So. Mm. He has been spectacular for Sheffield United defence and is one of the main reasons why they're so high. That's, yeah, no, that's a great shout. I definitely wouldn't have picked him, but I can understand why he did it. Anthony, let's go on to you. Most underrated player of the year. So I've actually changed my mind on this just now, actually. because yes. You're going for Regan as well? No, the person I wanted to say <laughs> for this award, I'm going to, give that, going to give them that a different award later. Yeah. For this one, I'm going to go with Connor Cody at Wolves. I oh, think yeah, that's a good he's been solid at the back for the lap, for ages. I think he's a great captain, a great leader. Mm. And I think that Wolves wouldn't be as good without him. Mm. I think I also think he's not one of their star names. You know, he's not Jimenez or Triore or Neves, but yeah. he bosses that back of the uh the back. And yeah, I think that if he if he left that Wolves team, you'd notice immediately. Oh, decent shouts. Um I've, this one I've struggled with because I, I I wanted to say someone, but then I've, I've, I think I'm going to push him to a different award um, later down the line. And then I was going to say someone else. And now I've pushed them onto a different award down, down the line. Um, so what I'm going to do, actually, I'm, I'm going to stick to the um, kind of defensive pattern we've got going here. And I'm going to say most underrated player. I'm going to go for James Tarkowski. Um, and the reason why is... You've got to look at that Burnley team and um, they are the clean sheet kings at times, aren't they? And Tarkowski is the main man at the back for Burnley and he's been so consistent over the last few years and he just, he leads that line and like I said, at the start of the season, Burnley were, just before Christmas, they, they were in a bit of trouble. They were kind of going into the relegation battle and come January they really picked their side up and where did Burnley finish at the table? Was it ninth? Or tenth? Ninth or tenth. Yeah. Which I think pretty... I think Arsenal leapfrogged them into ninth and then they finished yeah. tenth. Which for them is a pretty successful season I'd say because in where they were uh, just before the Christmas. Who would have break. thought two ex Brentford players on this uh, in these nominations? Yeah. It's your dream, yeah. isn't it? <laughs> so yeah, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go James Tarkowski, but I can definitely um, see arguments for uh, both the both both the guys. So to well. respond to that, I'm gonna say James Tarkowski. He's been doing it for a while. He's been in the Premier League for a while, and we all know he's good. Mm. Whereas I'd say someone like John Egan, he's basically come out of nowhere. I don't think either of you probably would have even heard of him before this season. Mm. So again, that's why I kind of picked him because he's basically just come out of nowhere and became yeah. this amazing. At the back this season, and, but yeah, I, I again, Sheffield, you could have loads of players, um, in this list from Sheffield, yeah. uh, they, they, they have been really good, um, so yeah, um, Anthony, what are you thinking out of them players, shall we say? No, I agree with Stephen, he has like come out, he's he's come out quite quickly, whereas like Cody's had a couple of years in the Premier League and Tarkowski's had even longer, so yeah, yeah I think that speaks for itself. Okay, yeah, I'm happy to go for it. So uh, our most underrated player of the year is Stephen. John Egan. 
Johnny, <laughs> I didn't say Stephen enough to say our most underrated player of the year is Stephen. But, um, <laughs> you know, our most underrated player of the year is Sheffield United's very own John Egan. <laughs> uh, look at that. Look, we're all agreeing at the end. That's great, isn't it? Um, most surprising package of the season. Uh, this could be team or, C- or a single player if you want. I'm going to try. I'm going to kind of mix both into one. Um, and my most surprising package of the, of the year goes to Danny Ings. Um, I did not see, I did not envision Danny Ings doing as well as he has done this season. Um, some might argue it could be a one-season wonder, but I mean, he's absolutely, ever since Southampton got absolutely panned against Leicester, they really turned it around. And uh, Danny Ings has just been scoring goals non-stop for them, and he has been a difference maker up front for them. Uh, I didn't see it coming. <laughs> um, and especially after the break, uh, they really just cemented their place in the Premier League because they were still in the relegation battle um, after the lockdown restart. And um, he's led the line and got them to safety well before the season was finished. Um, so my surprise team is Southampton, my surprise player is Daddy Yiggs. Um So yeah, that's for me. Anthony? Uh, I'm going to go for a player for this one. I'm going to say Adama Traore. I think we've been seeing glimpses before, but I think this season he's finally come into his own. You know, I don't think there's a player in the league as strong. Maybe maybe some of the centre-backs, but attacking players, I don't think there's any as strong. You know, he's quick. He can put a good ball in. His finishing's improved. And we saw, especially in City, just how damaging he can be. Yeah, no, Traore, again, he, he was one of the people I had in mind. Um, I also had him in mind for another award. But, um, yeah, no, I can see an argument for that. Stephen? My surprise of the year is Aston Villa still being a Premier League club. Um, really <laughs> uh, expand on that. How they're still in the Premier League is a miracle. And how they're not playing at Wickham next season, I don't know. So my surprise package is Aston Villa still being in the Premier League. <laughs> okay. I wasn't expecting that. So we've got Villa staying in the league. We've got Danny Yings. And we've got a Dharma Traore. Uh, but for this one, I'd, I'd, I personally, uh, I'd like to um, stick. I, I, I'm going to stand strong with Danny Yiggs on this because um, I, I think he deserves some type of award for the season he's had. <laughs> I had Danny Yiggs down for an award later. Oh, so. do you? Yeah, same. Oh, do you? oh you yeah. both. I think I, I, can, I think I can guess what that award's going to be. But uh, yeah, I mean, okay, if, if we're allowed to give up more than one award to someone, then I think we can. I just think, I mean, do we want to do that? Like, do we want to avoid giving like a player multiple awards? Or I think um, he deserves it, but it's just the case of do we want to give him? You know, put put it this way: if you've both got things down for uh, an award later on, I think I know which award uh, it's going to be. So um, I, I I I'm happy to say it's arbitrary because he was another person I had in mind. <laughs> I would agree with that. He, yeah, and Ray, he's he's come he's come into it this season. Um, he, he he's. In previous seasons, he's he's not had as strong finishing, and he, he he's just yeah he's he's just come into it this season, hasn't he? He can he's been scoring goals, he's been setting up. He's an absolute beast to watch. Like his his pace and his dribbling. Um, I I won't be surprised if someone tries to come in for him at some stage. But yeah, no, I'm happy to go for a double strawberry. I'm happy to let Ant get his way. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, our most surprising package of the season goes to a double strawberry. Worst signing of the season. Let's start with Anthony. Worst signing. To me, this is an obvious one. Uh, in Don Belly at Spurs. 
<laughs> yeah. A lot of money spent on a player who's done absolutely nothing. You know, what was, I can't even remember what the total amount was. I think it was uh, 54 million, I'm pretty sure. It was more than that. Was it, it might be 70. Um, but yeah, complete disappointment. Won't be surprised if he's off in the summer, somewhere else. Um, David? Oh, sorry, no, yeah, go. No, no, yeah, that's all I had to say. Stephen, what do you reckon? I'm going to guess you two are actually going to go for like quite expensive transfers, which didn't work out. But my choice is actually a free transfer, and that is Roberto. I mean, how a free transfer could cost a club almost relegation is absolutely crazy. I mean, that man, basically West Ham almost got relegated almost single-handedly because of that guy. He cost them so many games. I mean, I don't really need to explain anymore. Like, he is almost single-handedly responsible for almost (laughs) relegating West Ham. So, Roberto, probably one of the worst goalkeepers the Premier League's ever seen. Yeah, do you know what? I completely forgot about Roberto. Yeah, that was a weird phase, weren't it? I still don't. Um, I, I, I always rated Adrian at West Ham. I always thought he was a solid keeper at West Ham. And obviously, he went to Liverpool, which fair play to him. If you, if you could, you would. Um, so, yeah, no, that's been bad. Uh, my worst signing of the season is also Tangai and Dombele. <laughs> um, okay. That kind of sums up who our, what our podcast thinks then. Yeah, pretty much. Um, yeah, I, mean, I personally I mean, don't think he's been that bad. I just think it's Mourinho just sort of froze him out for no reason. I don't think he's been awful. I, I just, he's I, not I, been I, worth I the have, money. Yeah. I, I just feel I have to put the money into perspective. Um, when the same for me is I've, I don't think we've seen anything from him at all. Yeah. Um, and the, the, the other thing is, I mean, what was he most known for this season? He's most known for apparently falling out with Mourinho. It's not a great look on him. The, the only time I ever saw him being discussed by the pundits was when he was walking when uh, during a game when Tottenham were losing. Yeah, for me, it's got to be in Dumbele because they, they, they really raved about him at the start of the season and he just, he just hasn't, he, he hasn't shown it. Yeah. But I could, see, I could see arguments for other people, um, such as um, Roberto, to be fair. Um, you could oh, also so my second choice would have been Joe Linton. Joe Linton's been, been pretty awful, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Uh, but uh, uh, for for this, I I think it's it's got to be in Dombele just 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 because how much he costs. Even though I don't agree, I will um, yield this argument. <laughs> it's the old two for one again, yeah. yeah. The old two for one. So uh, <laughs> our worst side of the season goes to Tottenham once again with Tangai and Dombele. Long live Daniel Levy's legacy. Um, best signing of the season in that case. We've done worst side. Let's do best signing. Um, I'll start us off. Um, it pays me to say it uh, th- 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 there's been some good signings in general um, I was thinking Gary Cahill was a good signing for Palace um, I was but I, I, it's, it's got to be Bruno Fernandes to United yeah, that's, what, that's what I've got like it was the first thing that came yeah. to mind yeah the yeah there was somebody else that I had in mind as well but um, I'll talk about him on the next award uh, but yeah, uh, Bruno Fernandes, he's just made, even though he only came in in January, he's won player of the month twice. He's basically brought creativity to that United midfield and all the play at the moment seems to come through him. He's a bit of a, he's a, he's a bit of a diver, but um, he's still a very class player. <laughs> um, well, and he, yeah, he's, he's made a game, I'm, I'm outnumbered two to one here. I said Danny Ings, actually. Danny, he, yeah. he was technically, even though he was on loan last season, he's now joined permanently. And yeah, I think without him, Southampton would be in the championship. So, and for the money I mean, they paid for him, they only paid that like 20 million or something. 20 million, yeah. 
in the live day and age. That's I've gone for another award. I've gone yeah. for another award. So. I was going to say, so yeah. Like, this but, is... I, but I'll, I'll, again, I'll yield this time. Uh, yeah, okay. No, that... So, 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 so you got it for another because I, I, this wasn't the award I was expecting you to put things uh, down for. But I, I can see definitely why I've done it because uh, yeah, he did only sign on a permanent this season. Uh, but I, I think yeah, you're gonna have to yield again because I think two to one Bruno Fernandez. Well, Fernandez would have been my second choice anyway, so I'm happy yeah, to give that award to him. Kills. Um, so yeah, best signing of the season. Fairly more straight straightforward. Bruno Fernandez to Man United. Um, I know this just shows the impact he's had considering he hasn't even played the whole season. Most improved player of the season. And I'm going to start with Anthony because uh, I can assume I know who he's going to pick for this. Yep, Danny Ings. Um, Danny Ings. <laughs> I'm going between Adama Traore and Danny Ings for this award. I think both have improved greatly. But I think when you look at Ings, uh, going from last year where he scored one goal, he was coming off the bench for Liverpool. He'd had injuries yep. before that. And then he goes to Southampton and he's, you know, in the race for the golden boot and he's the main fo- focal point behind their resurgence up the table. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think there's really much more you can say. Yeah, no. Um, Stephen? I've said Dean Henderson. Considering, again, he was playing in the Championship last season and now mm-hmm. being able to step up to the Premier League and look like one of the best keepers in the Premier League in your first season, I think, yeah. that's, I think that says a lot about him. And I think... Man United will be stupid to let him go. I honestly think he should be signing over David De Gea, in all honesty. Um, so I'm definitely going to say Dean Henderson. I think he could be England's number one in a few years' time. Yeah. Easily. Yeah, no, it's a good shout. Um, most improved. I, I, again, I, I had try all right to start with, but then I changed it. Um, and the player I'm going for, um, based on his performance last season and how much he's improved this season, I am going for Matteo Kovacic from my beloved Chelsea. Um, and the reason is he's, he's, complete, he's Chelsea's player of the year. He's completely, when he's played, he's completely dominated the midfield. Uh, under Sarri, it felt like he had kind of chains on him um, and he didn't have as much freedom as he now does. Uh, but it's, it's got to the stage now where he absolutely runs. And the, the, the prime example for him was actually yesterday against Wolves. Um, well, the Wolves midfield did absolutely nothing all game and that's because Kovacic and Jorginho dominated the midfield. And... Um, it's got to the stage now where if Chelsea were going to sell one of their main midfielders at the moment, who would I want it to be? Um, I would probably actually rather sell Kante than Kovacic. Really? Which is mental, yeah. Um, if someone came in for a ridiculous bid for Kante, I'd, I'd let him go. I, I think Kovacic, just, he's, he's been outstanding this season. And I, I, to be honest, I, I think Jorginho as well offers something to this midfield as well. well based uh, on I don't that sparkling commentary, I'm going to... Support you in this uh, in this battle. I shall be supporting your case for Matteo Kovacic. Lovely. Um, I, again, I, I could have had Kovacic. I was going to have Kovacic. up Danny Ings, haven't we? Because he's we've not, at least one of us has nominated him for about three different yeah. awards, and he's not got a single one. Yeah, no, I've got to nominate for another award. So that is the that is the game, unfortunately. <laughs> um, so yeah, I, in that case, thank you, Stephen, for gaining my support. <laughs> <laughs> Our most improved. Player of the year, unless Anthony wants to battle it. Nah, the two, two to one. Two to one. Matteo Kovacic, most improved player of the year. Lovely. <laughs> okay, we're, we're, let's go on then to our uh, sort of positional players of the year. So we'll start with goalkeeper of the year, uh, and let's start with Stephen. My goalkeeper of the year has to be Nick Pope. 
Um, yep. I know you obviously only just lost the Golden Glove on the last game of the season. But, I mean, Burnley would not have been so high up the table if it wasn't for him. He is absolutely outstanding. He has to start for England over Jordan Pickford, 100%. Yep. And he deserves a move to a like someone like Chelsea or someone like that who needs a quality goalkeeper right now. Yes, please. Um, and that, that, that brings me on to my goalkeeper of the year, who is also Nick Pope. Um, I, I've, I've, I've got to look, look at it from perspective. Um, he's done outstanding for a Burnley side, who, who I haven't got the capabilities of, say, someone like Alisson, who've got, obviously, a very good team in front of him. Um, you, you look at that Burnley team, there's nobody who stands out, but they just play well as a team. Uh, but at the same time, Nick Pope is, for me, their standout player this season because he, he, he is a brilliant goalkeeper and someone who I would definitely like to replace Kepa at Chelsea. So, yeah, that's, he's got my vote as well. Anthony? And why is it Alisson? I was going to say Dean Henderson. Oh. Um, another good young English keeper uh, who could replace Pickford. Yep. I think that Sheffield won't be as far up the table without him either, as well. Yeah, clean sheets might not have been as high as Nick Pope or Edison, but considering the style of play in Sheffield just coming up, I think Dean Henderson definitely delivered. Yeah, no, D- D- Dean would have been my second choice, um, maybe third. Um, both of them have been great, and um, both of them, yeah, definitely deserve to have their chance in the England team. First I mean, second, Nick Pope would have been my second or third choice, so I don't yeah. mind. In that case, it's the L2-1. to one. <laughs> Yep. Our goalkeeper of the year goes to Burnley's Nick Pope, which I think is pretty fair. <laughs> um, we'll go on then now to our defensive player of the year, defender of the year. We'll start with Anthony. Anthony, who is your defensive player of the year and why is it Virgil van Dijk? <laughs> I could make a joke about it not being, but it is. <laughs> every single game this season, every single minute. And he, yeah, he wasn't as perfect as he was the season before, but... I don't think there's a better centre-back in world football right now. And I think he fully deserves the praise that he's been given. Yeah. I don't think there's anyone who comes close to him right now, at least not fully. Yeah, um, no. yeah. So, yeah, um, I, I, I know you guys might have different names, but to be honest, to me, it has to be Van Dijk. Yeah, um, well, my defender of the year is also Virgil van Dijk. <laughs> uh, no, it's the same. Uh, he, he is the best centre-back the Premier League have had since John Terry. Um, he is just an absolute brick wall and um, Liverpool would be a complete different team if they didn't have him in there. Um, obviously, you could argue Alexander-Arnold and Robertson would both be um, close contenders maybe for this, especially Arnold. He's, a, he's, a, he's an unreal player. Well, Trent well. is my choice. So. Oh, well, there we go. Stephen's choice is Trent Alexander-Arnold. <laughs> why, See, why have you chosen him, Stephen? For me, he's a more offensive style of player. So when I was thinking defensive, I was like, right, Van Dijk. But... You know, Let's hear Stephen's argument. I love, I love a marauding wing back. They're one of my yeah. favourite positions on the pitch. A wing back who bombs forward. But Brentford play a lot like that. They play with like very high um, advanced wing backs. So that's why I love Trent. I love an advanced wing back who can assist and defend. So even though I admit, I'll, I'll be happy to wield to Virgil Van Dijk, but me personally, it's Trent. Yeah, no, no, I, I totally agree. Trent, Trent, Trent would be my second choice. Um, I think he is an unreal right back, and he's definitely going to be one of the best players. Um, well, if he's not already the best player in that position in the world, uh, but yeah, I've I've got to go for Virgil. He's just he's just made such a big yeah. impact on that Liverpool side. I think it's safe to say we're all going to go for Virgil then for that one, are we? Yeah, I think that's a podcast decision. Defender of the year, Virgil Van Dijk from Liverpool. Midfielder of the year, and Anthony, who is your midfielder of the year, and why is it Jordan Henderson? 
It actually isn't. It's hey. Yeah, it's De Bruyne. Um, 20 assists in a season. City star man. In my opinion, best player in the league. I could tell you my reasoning, but you've heard it all before. Yep. Kevin De Bruyne. Uh, yeah, um, I, I, w- I would have said De Bruyne, but I'm keeping him for enough reward later on. <laughs> I don't know if you'll be able to guess well, what one that is. I, I plan to give him another award as well, but this okay. is the one where this is the only exception I'm making to the rule of like yeah. two awards. Yeah, for no I, I, I'm going to be a bit different. I'm going to say Fabinho. Um, I'm going to be I, different I, as well. I'm going to say Bruno Fernandes was my midfielder of the year. Even though I think De Bruyne has been a better footballer this season, I think the impact that Fernandes has had compared to the rest mm-hmm. of the team is so much higher. Like mm-hmm. obviously, Kevin De Bruyne is playing on a team with really good players. But the effect that Fernandes has had on a average, you know, Man United, let's be honest, an average Man United side, I think he is the diamond in the rough for them. So even though I'd say Kevin De Bruyne, technically has had the better season, I think Fernandes' impact is more worthy of this award than De Bruyne is. Yeah, I can see that. Um, my, my argument is I'm, 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 I'm going to favour someone who's been playing the entire season. Um, yeah. I, I, I think Fabinho um, has... <laughs> I mean, when Chelsea had the choice to sign Fabinho or Timio Bakayoko, I mean, Jesus. Fabinho's <laughs> um, been absolutely solid in that Liverpool midfield. And again, he's a big player for Liverpool. He controls that midfield. Um, he, he, he doesn't as much stand out, but he does his job so well. And uh, he's been very consistent. Jordan Henson may have been up there, but I just I, I, I think, again, that's more the uh, sort of uh, romanticist vote, isn't it? That's why he won the PFA Players of the Year, Player of the Year, didn't he? Uh, but yeah, no, I've, I've got. I've, I'm going to give it to Fabinho. But um, to be honest, I can see arguments for both the players that you've both said as well. So I'm fairly easy on this one. <laughs> if we're doing a, people can only get one award. Then Fernandez can't win because he's already got best signing, and I plan to nominate the Bruyne for an award afterwards as well. So do so I. So if that's the case, then process of elimination. It's Fabinho. I mean, it can be for I'll be happy to give it to him. Is yeah. there anybody else? I love a defensive midfielder too. My two favourite yeah. positions: marauding wing backs yeah. and defensive midfielders. So, is there is there any other honourable mentions you can think of for best midfielder of the year? Um, Henderson, Kovacic, <laughs> Henderson, Kovacic, Wilfred Ndidi, maybe at Leicester before no. lockdown. No, uh, maybe Grealish in a way. For me, yeah, then in that case, <laughs> yeah. Our midfielder of the year is Fabinho from Liverpool. And our attacking... Football, I won't start with Anthony, even though I could make the same joke if I wanted to. Stephen, who's your attacking footballer of the year? Well, this is my one where I want to nominate Danny Ings. Um, I think yeah. in a season where there hasn't really been that many standout attackers. I mean, Liverpool's front three has been okay, but I think they've been overshadowed by their defence and the midfield. Um, and Man City's... Again, front three have been okay. Sterling's really only been their stand-up player. So I think it's got to be Danny Ings for basically, you know, keeping Southampton in the Premier League and then some. I mean, they finished in the 11th. Yeah. If you ask someone at the halfway point of the season that Southampton would finish 11th, I think they would laugh at you. So yeah. the impact that Danny Ings has had in the Southampton team has got to be worthy of this award, in my opinion. No, I, I can see that. Um, I, my, my attacking player of the year, I think you've been a bit harsh on Liverpool's front three. <laughs> I, still, I still think they're absolutely class. And my, my, my attacking player of the year is Sergio Mane. I, I think he's just improved immensely this season. He's been scoring goals, he's been assisting. He's an absolute beast. And he seems like a pretty good lad as well. 
yeah. so yeah, I, I, I think all around, I think Sergio Mane has improved and impressed massively this season. So my attacking player of the year goes to Sergio Mane. Anthony. Oh, see, I want Danny Ings to get an award, but I also believe Sadio Mane deserves this one. I don't know. I think it's got to be Mane. I think that when you look at a lot of the goals Liverpool scored have come through him. He's the one consistent. I think he's been better than Salah the past two seasons. So, yeah, I think it's got to be Sadio Mane. And like you say, sound guy, nice guy. Lovely. Absolutely, absolutely gutted for, uh, for Danny Ings. He's absolutely walked away with nothing here, but that is the game. <laughs> Attacking player of the year, Sadio Mane from Liverpool. All right, we'll go on to our young player of the year, and we will start with Stephen. My young player of the year, I don't think if you guys have probably picked this guy, but I'm going to say Christian Pulisic. I think he has been, I mean, he had a bit of a slow start, but as the season's gone, he's just gone, he's just gotten better and better as the season's gone on. And yeah. I mean, when in that match against Liverpool, he looked amazing. I mean, yeah. his assist and his goal. I mean, it looked Hazard-esque. I know it's wrong to put so much pressure on the guy, but he looked like he could become another Hazard. So for me, it's got to be Christian Pulisic. I'm very excited to see how he progresses even further. Yeah. On, on that note, um, I'm also... No, I'm not going to go for Pulisic because um, I'm going to give... What, what I'm basing this around is the full season and obviously Pulisic was injured for quite a bit. I mean, he's been outstanding since um, the restarts happened. But my young player of the season is going to go to Mason Mount. Really? Yes. And the reason for that is because he's played over 50 games. And um, that's a debut season in the Premier League for a young player. And I, I, I think he's slowly and he's solidifying his place in that Chelsea team. And um, he, he's, he's just got, he's improved immensely as the season's gone on. And um, I've, I think he looks like he, he is going to be the next Frank Lampard for that Chelsea team. Think. And I think I, I think it solidified it yesterday. He got a lovely goal. He got a lovely assist. So yeah, my my young player of the season due to consistency and the amount of football he's played, I'm going to go Mason Mount. I, th- I don't know if you've forgotten who who is definitely going to win the PFA's Young Player of the Year. Yeah. But my nominee is Trent. It has to be Trent. You know, he's 21. Um, only just like he's still incredibly young. But my God, like he's he's. He's not brilliant defensively, but he's not bad. Going this, forward, there yeah. aren't many better. His crossing's this, incredible. This is the thing, though. I completely forget how young Trent is. <laughs> That's the thing. He's about, he's about the same age. I think he's young. Both, both Mount and Trent are younger than Pulisic, but I don't know mm. if Trent's older than Mount. That's the thing. Trent is being at such a high level, and he's still so young. Mm. This is the thing, though, isn't it? All these players are younger than us. It's quite depressing, really, isn't it? And we're just here talking about them. <laughs> They've done more their lives than I've ever. Um, yeah, this is a tough one. I, 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 I would happily back down and say Trent on that case. The only reason I didn't pick Trent is because I picked him for another award, which, I mean, spoilers, but there's only one award left. So That's interesting. That is very interesting. Okay, um, on that note, I think I'm, I'm happy to say Trent for this. Yeah, so am I. On, on yeah. the basis on the basis that I I don't think he's going to win the next award, and I think he is an outstanding young player. Yeah. Shall we say Trent? Yep. Yep. Young player of the year, Trent Alexander Arnold. There you go. And our last award is the player of the year in the Premier League. Um, I'll start us off. My player of the year is Kevin De Bruyne. We all saw it coming. Um, he's been absolutely unreal. Um, the worst bit of business Chelsea ever did was actually get rid of him. Uh, blame Mourinho for that. 
he's yeah, he's just he's just come into that city team. He bosses the midfield. He's creative. He's scores goals. He's just an unreal player, basically. Anthony, who's your player for you? Uh, Kevin De Bruyne. Yeah, I think it's <laughs> the most obvious choice. I I love the fact that Henderson was given the awards, um, because I do believe he was the engine behind the Liverpool team. But if you're doing it off of just class, it is Kevin De Bruyne every time. And Stephen, I think we know who your player of the year is going to be. Yeah, it was going to be Trent, but I will be happy to give it to De Bruyne because I think he also deserves it. So, trying to make an argument for Trent anyway. <laughs> I mean, I don't think I can actually anymore. Thinking about it, like you could say Trent's amazing at passing and free kicks, but so is De Bruyne. But the only reason I didn't pick him is obviously because City, just in general, were a bit disappointing. Yeah. So, but no, yeah, but um. Either though, either those, we we can all see the class in Kevin De Bruyne, and yeah, it's pretty clear from that that our last award and our player of the year goes to Manchester City's Kevin De Bruyne, and that's all the awards we have. Is there anything else anybody would like to say? Obviously, no predictions this week, um, and we discussed the winner of that at the start. We you've heard our awards uh, and who we think deserves to win them. So, yeah, I think that's everything we have to say this time. Lovely. Stephen? Um, yeah, I'm just I'm a bit sad that um, Van Yings didn't win anything, but yeah, that's, that's life. That is life. Sorry, things. You're a great footballer. Um, we'll be back again next week. Obviously, next week, um, by the time we do this, it will be the FA Cup final. And will the playoff final be done by then? Playoff final's on Sunday next week. Sunday, lovely. So, yeah. yeah. This week. Sorry, it's so, this yeah. week now, isn't it? Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, so yeah, that's no, all right. Um, so yeah, we'll be discussing the FA Cup final and uh, the playoff final, I believe. Um, and I imagine we'll have a quick chat about any transfers that might have happened in the, the next week. Of course, yeah. Anything that happens in the world of football, we'll be having a look. Um, it should be an exciting time. Hopefully, Kai Havertz will be confirmed by then, uh, but who knows? Um, I'm just waiting for it. Um, so thank you for joining us again on the Off the Woodwork podcast. I have been Matthew Perry. I've been joined by Stephen Hall and Anthony Milne. Thank you. Anything else you'd like to say, guys? No. I think that's everything. Lovely. We'll see you next week. Cheers. Bye. Bye.